You're listening to The Scope, a podcast dedicated to having open conversations about healthcare topics relevant to our patients and community. Today, we're talking about orthopedic surgeries. Let's get started. Hey guys, thanks for listening to The Scope Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hackbarth, and with me today is Brett Clayton. He's a physician assistant with our Phelps Health Orthopedics team. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you with us. So, um, so Brett, I think this is your first time on The Scope Podcast, so um, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I've been a, a PA or a physician assistant since 2012. Um, I've worked all of that time in orthopedic surgery, so I've quite a bit of extensive experience working in different fields in orthopedic surgery, and I've been working here at Phelps Health since 2013. Okay, awesome. So well, we're glad to have you part of the Phelps Health teams. All right, well, today's topic, um, as we said, we're going to be talking about um, orthopedic surgeries or joint surgeries. Um, so, Brett, um, kind of as an overarching question, um, can you tell us what kinds of orthopedic surgeries do we perform here at Phelps Health? Sure. So. The nice thing about orthopedics is there's a wide variety of things that we can do to help patients, and it can be anything from hand surgery all the way up through to hip and knee and and foot and ankle surgery. Uh, The only thing we don't do here surgically is uh, back surgery or neck surgery, spine surgery. Um, That and a few other mild or minor things. Otherwise, we can cover most orthopedic treatments here, whether it's nerve or muscle or bone or joint related, we can cover and, and handle most surgeries here. Okay, so so knee, so everything, the knees, hips, shoulders, the kind yep, of like the song. We so. can <laughs> replace pretty much any joint that you have. So. Awesome, awesome, okay. And then uh, are some orthopedic surgeries uh, minimally invasive? Um, were they like required just like small incisions and things like that? Can you, can you kind of explain? So. Yeah, absolutely. So we do have surgeries like joint replacements that still require a larger incision in order to get everything inside and do the surgery. But many of our surgeries do have smaller incisions, um, especially what we call arthroscopies, so knee and knee and shoulder arthroscopies, where we can repair a rotator cuff, we can repair an unstable shoulder or repair an ACL or other ligaments in the knee, and we can do that all through small portal holes that you, some of them are too small to put a finger in, so it's, mm-hmm. we can, with two or three, sometimes four little holes, we can do a very major surgery and have much better cosmetic outcomes. Okay, yeah, that's very good. I, I know some people are kind of worrying about scarring after a surgery or things like that, so that's sure. good to know that there are options out there depending on the depending on the case. So. Absolutely. All righty, so, so uh, Brad, can you kind of explain who is it, who would be a good candidate for um, an orthopedic or joint surgery? So, so orthopedic surgery in general uh, is not a surgery other than for big injuries, car accidents and fractures, things like that. Uh, where a lot of the surgery is elective. So a lot of orthopedic surgery is directed towards quality of life and improving what we call ADLs or activities of daily living. So people struggle with simple tasks like gardening or even reaching things in cabinets or walking upstairs. So quality of life diminishes uh, when we have injuries or we have chronic problems. And so orthopedic surgery is all about improving quality of life, improving function and helping us to be you know, as comfortable as we can be and do as much as we want to do. Okay, so kind of getting back to those activities that you can do and the activities that you enjoy, like you said, gardening, cycling, all those activities. Absolutely, that absolutely. anything that you would normally want to do and you're not able to do it because of either an injury or, or a chronic problem, the goal is to get you back to doing what you'd like to do. Awesome. How do orthopedic providers and patients decide whether surgery um, or another treatment option is the best treatment? Um, so, for example, um, is, would surgery be would surgery usually be the last option um, in a lot of cases? Usually in orthopedics, we try a stepwise treatment plan. So the goal is to start, if you look at it like stairs, start as conservative as you can and then get to that point with surgery. Sometimes those patients come to the office and they've had a fair amount of conservative treatment and the only choice is surgery. 
Other times they come to the office and they haven't really had any treatment and so we try and keep conservative measures as much as possible but you get to a point where you have to decide can you live with what you're dealing with or do you just need to fix it and when we get to that point then we recommend fixing them and doing our best to get them back to what they were. Okay. We can't promise to make people feel like they're 16 or 18 again <laughs> but the goal is to get them back to the normal activities and and have either no pain or significantly less pain so that they can do what they want without medication. Okay, that's great. So, um, uh, before we move on to surgery, um, you mentioned some of the conservative treatments. What would be some examples of maybe um, options besides surgery for sure. help with joint pain? Um, so. We have an excellent physical therapy department here. They work very closely with us on a regular basis and we're in good communication with them. We have uh, excellent treatment options with injections and medications. Uh, even home therapy options that we can provide patients if they either financially or um, depending on where they live logistically have a hard time getting to a therapist. So we have a lot of options that we can provide to help them feel better and hopefully get better on their own and kind of empower them with their own care to get better and then maintain feeling better. And then when that doesn't happen, then we just get into more invasive treatments. Okay. Okay, so let's maybe talk about um, what people can expect um, before, during, and after surgery. Um, so say uh, me and my doctor have um, agreed that I'm a good candidate for surgery. Um, what, can I, what can I expect before surgery? Um, is there a sort of a pre-surgery visit that I would have with my orthopedic provider? Can you kind of explain what that process? Sure, if we see you in the office and we feel there's a need for surgery at that point and we make that recommendation, the goal is in the office to explain to you what we think should be done how that process will go, what your recovery time will be, and what to expect both before and after surgery, and we can discuss that in the office. For some other surgeries that are more invasive, like joint replacement surgeries, we do have a, a joint camp and a, a class, essentially, that you can attend to give you a little more directed uh, directions on, on how you can improve and how to, what to expect in your recovery. That's too lengthy to cover in an office visit. Mm -hmm. um, but your visit would ultimately start with meeting with our surgery schedulers and chatting with them and choosing a time and a date when you could have surgery depending on when availability is there and then from there you would uh, receive instructions on what to expect the day of surgery what to ex expect when you leave the hospital and then how to follow up with us after your surgery and continue to receive care as you recover. Okay, that sounds great. So. And then, uh, Brett, who would be some members of my care team kind of throughout this whole surgery process from you, from nurses to the surgeons? I know there's a lot of other staff involved too. So There are. So as a PA, I have, uh, or a physician assistant, I have uh, direct care with patients. I, I see patients in the office. I see patients in the hospital. And I also assist in surgery. I work directly with Dr. Potter. And uh, so I'll be part of that care team as well. I'm happy to answer questions. I'll call patients back. The nurses in the office also, when there are questions, and if people have access to my chart now with Epic, they can actually email us and, and almost text questions to us, mm -hmm. and we can respond uh, much faster a lot of terms, a lot of times when we do it that way than just through phone calls because our phones are very busy. Mm -hmm. And so we'd encourage people to use my chart and get on online and, and communicate with us electronically that way, and, and we can respond faster. Patients can even send us pictures of something they're concerned to look at. Mm -hmm. Um, so that we can look at it and tell them how their incision is doing or how they're healing. So, um, but there's there's uh, lots of different ways for us to better communicate with them. Yeah. So yeah, my chart is a great app. Um, I, I use it a lot. So yeah, like you said, it, it's so easy to just like you said, text your doctor or care provider and uh, that's So yeah. You kind of talked about um, a little. Well, let's uh, let's kind of transition to the day of surgery. So um, what what can I expect on the day of surgery? Can you kind of walk us through the process? I know each surgery is going to be. Uh, different depending on the individual, but um, like where do I go for surgery? Um, how long does surgery usually take? Um, can you answer some of those questions? Yeah, some of those questions we can answer ahead of time, okay. some we can't, and some of that will 
um, we won't know the answer either until the week just before surgery when we have a final rundown of the surgeries that will be performed that day. Some surgeries could be as short as 10 minutes or 5 minutes even. Some surgeries could be as long as an hour or two. And so we'll give personalized directions on, on how long to expect. Uh, usually a member of the anesthesia team will also be in touch with the patient and discuss with them uh, timing and, and uh, care and what we call perioperative care or care in the operating room and then care in the recovery. We have uh, excellent ways to help control pain for some of the more major surgeries where we provide something similar to an epidural for when you have a baby but for an arm or for a leg specifically to help control pain for a few days. And uh, the day of surgery, usually when you come to the hospital, you'll be there a couple hours early. And if it's a shorter surgery, you could be going home within an hour or two of arriving. Huh. If it's a longer surgery, you may be in the hospital for a day or two, and that's a possibility as well. So it's all very directed per, per procedure. Okay. So, yeah, I know that's, I think that's a common question is uh, when people are thinking about or considering knee surgery or hip surgery or things like that, how long will I have to stay in the hospital for? Um, yeah, like you said, I know some days it's one or two. Some days they can go home, you said, the same day. Uh, they can. an outpatient. Uh, they can, cases. and it's our goal to get them out of the so. hospital as fast as possible. Everybody okay. seems to do better when they're in their home and when they're comfortable. And so we do our best to keep them out of the hospital as much as we can, but also keep them in the hospital when it's for their safety and when we feel like they really need extra help with the therapist in the hospital or extra nursing care to get them to be in a position where they can safely go back home. So. Okay, that's great. So, okay, so um, I think another question um, a lot of people um, have when getting a, a knee or hip or, like I said, shoulder, any sort of joint surgery, um, what can patients expect as far as pain after, after a surgery? So. They can expect pain. Okay. So that's, that's realistic. Um, uh, joint replacement surgery is a, is a difficult surgery. Mm -hmm. um, it can be difficult to recover. We have a lot of uh, modalities or treatment options to help with that recovery, though. And some of the newer options that we use that are, more, that are very modern and very cutting edge to help control pain really help with reducing the need for pain medication and make therapy easier. And so it's, it's all about pain control. Completely being rid of, the, of pain is very difficult, um, but the goal is controlling your pain so that you can function, so you can do everything you need to do, and so that you can be successful with your therapy and your recovery. So it, it, it takes time, okay. and, it's, and joint replacement can be a little bit more of a marathon than a sprint for your recovery, but the vast majority of patients are very happy once they've had it done. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I like the metaphor of the marathon. It's it's a, it's going to be it's a long long term, but eventually you you can get back to that. Uh, Takes time, that. But, <laughs> you know. It, but it's when you've been hurting for years. You know, a couple months of patience, yes. and you'll be very happy after yes. that. Yes, so. I, I I like that. So okay, so. Alrighty, um, so um, another question um, I think a lot of people have about uh, joint surgery is um, whether or not they'll need physical therapy after surgery, and if soon, how, how soon would uh, patients begin therapy, maybe physical therapy after surgery? So. There are specific protocols that we follow for recovery for joint replacement surgeries. Some require more therapy than others, and some may not even require any therapy. It de it's very patient-dependent, and it's also dependent on the surgeon and the provider that, that performs your procedure. So it's, it's tailored to the patient for what they need. Um, generally speaking, after a joint replacement, you can expect at least six weeks of therapy, sometimes less if they don't need it. And it also depends on the type of joint, whether it's a shoulder or a knee or a hip. But uh, therapy is a, is a mainstay of recovery because doing therapy is what allows us to make more rapid recovery, better pain control, and getting back to our normal activities faster. So. Okay. 
Um, I think you sort of touched on this uh, next question a little bit, um, but if, if there's anything more you want to add, but how long um, does recovery take after joint replacement? I know we said it's more of a marathon um, than a sprint, um, but when can um, people go back to maybe doing some of their normal activities um, after, a, after a joint surgery? I think it's realistic to say that most people are feeling better at six weeks. Um, we usually will see, the, see you back in the office after two weeks after surgery just to get a feel for how you're doing. We'll take a new x-ray in the office frequently to see how the replacement looks. A lot of times we can print out a copy of that x-ray and give it to you so you can take it with you and, and, and uh, just see what you've, what you've earned, okay. <laughs> what, you, what you've gained. Okay. Um, and I, I think six weeks is a realistic time frame. Some people do much better. Some people need a little more time. And it can depend on your age, your overall health, um, the severity of your joint that needed to be replaced. But most people by six weeks, I think, are feeling pretty good and are, are starting to feel good that they had it done and, and are making good progress and are happy with where they're going. So. Okay. So, all right. Well, sounds good. So, again, going back to that, if you can have that patience so, um, to do that. Yeah, so, uh, unfortunately. So, but yeah, it, it so. really does make a big difference. If, yeah. I feel like probably 75% of joint replacement surgery is mental. Oh, a yeah. lot of it is understanding that it's it's not a quick recovery. It takes time, okay. and if you can keep that in mind and think, you know, a week or two back, how was I doing? And how was I doing? How was I doing? Yeah. That will help you keep in perspective your pro your progress and how okay. you're feeling, and and know that you really are doing better. It just takes time. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I really like that. Either yeah, maybe journaling or just somehow keeping track of like maybe absolutely. Th hey, this is things I can do now that I wasn't able to do last yeah, week or something. Absolutely. Like that. And I ask patients all the time when they come in. I said, How are you feeling now compared to two weeks ago? Yeah. How are you feeling now compared to a month ago? Are you walking better? Are you getting up and down better? Yeah. If even though you're still having pain, a lot of people will say, Oh, well, I'm I'm more mobile. I don't oh. need my cane as much. I don't need the walker as much. I'm happier, and a lot of times it's a gradual change that they notice, and when that okay. change comes, then you remind them of that and say, oh, well, I really am using my arm more than I was a couple of weeks ago, and I just, yeah. you, get, you get stuck in the recovery and don't realize that you're better, and right. so it just takes time. And, and takes effort and patience. Okay, I love that, yeah. So Earlier um, I asked a question about uh, minimally invasive surgery. Um, some people, again, are worried about scars after surgery. Um, is that, uh, so will, do a lot of patients have scars after um, a, a joint replacement? So. Yeah, and the scarring is, is, is a question and is, mm -hmm. and is an issue. We try to use uh, sutures or, or the, the string that we tie you up with, basically, essentially, okay. as, we, as we close your knees up or close your hips up, mm -hmm. uh, as least invasive as possible. We try to do stitches that don't show through the skin so that we don't have staples to remove or don't have stitches to remove on the skin. And it gives it a better cosmetic appearance, and overall the patients are happier. I feel like you can get back to showering faster, feeling more normal faster, when you don't have something on the outside of your skin that reminds you you just went through a big surgery, and it makes it more comfortable and recover faster. So okay. scars are there. We're much better at minimizing the overall appearance of scars now than we were uh, a number of years ago, and, and um, I, I feel like we get good outcomes with, with small-looking incisions, thin lines, and and better cosmetic appearances than we used to. I know one thing that a lot of providers and surgeons do in orthopedics um, are like total knee replacements, total hip replacements. Um, these artificial joints that are put into um, people, how long do a lot of those last uh, for? That depends on a number of factors. Okay. Depends on the size of the patient, the weight of the patient. It depends on the type of joint that was placed in. Um, and it also depends on which joint it is. So a shoulder might not last as long as a knee or a hip. I think generally speaking the goal would be to get 20 years out of a joint oh, would wow. be great. We do use some technology currently that has some studies that show even longer wear oh. for it, um, but I think that would be the goal. And the newer joint replacements, 
um, are also easier to modify over time. So as, as a piece wears down over time, you can have a, a smaller surgery, that's still a big surgery, but a smaller surgery to replace a piece that has worn down maybe 10, 15, 20 years down the road and still maintain the rest of the joint without having to have such an invasive surgery and just re just replace the, the brake pads, so to speak, okay. just to replace the, the padding. So. I gotcha. Okay, so that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 years is a lot. I, I, never, I didn't think uh, they would last that long. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's great to, to see that. So, okay. Well, we're about out of time, uh, but I do have one more, one more question for you, Brett. Um, in general, um, how can we keep our joints um, healthy um, after surgery and just throughout our lives in general? So. You know, they, for a long time, they used to say, oh, I have back pain, I need to stay in bed. But the studies don't support that. And so it's, it's really more about staying mobile, staying okay. active. And so it's finding a balance. So, you know, you have back pain, you have knee pain, you have shoulder pain. It's finding the balance of the right amount of activity okay. to keep your joints moving and keep them healthy without overdoing it and causing more problems. And that's something that uh, one of your providers or an orthopedic surgeon or, or I can talk to you about and how to find that balance, how to, how to stay healthy, try and avoid surgery and uh, still keep doing what you'd like to do without causing more problems. So. Okay, so yeah, I like what you said about balance. That's a, that's a big thing I just, in, in your health in general, is finding the right balance for, for all the, uh, your health and well-being. I think that's, a great, that's great advice, so okay. Alrighty, so well, uh, thanks again, Brett, for uh, uh, coming on to the podcast today. So we appreciate uh, your, all the uh, information you shared with us. So, sure, anytime, yeah. thank all you. Right. So, um, and uh, if you liked our show and wanna know more, check out phelpshealth.org.